In this video, we're going to talk about using filters in the context of landscape photography and how selecting the right filter can not only help you get things right in camera that you don't have to correct in post, or more importantly, things that you can't actually correct in post, but using filters opens up a variety of artistic tools at your disposal that give you a lot of options as a photographer on what it is that you want to say with an image. So this is the filter system that I use. This is made by a company called Wine Country Camera. There are many reasons I like this. One, it's one of the best thought out systems I've ever seen. It's extremely well made and it's the only filter system that I've seen that is built around a workflow. And this is really essential because when you're out in the field getting images, a lot of filter systems can get really kludgy and jangly when you're trying to pull stuff out and check focus. And this one is extremely smooth, extremely well built. And like I said, there's that workflow process into it. Before we get too deeply involved into this, I wanna talk about two filters types for those who are probably not used to using filters in the field I will warn you this can get very technical I'm trying to keep this on a very high level and there are two filters I want to talk about I want to talk about polarizing filters and I want to talk about neutral density filters this is a neutral density filter and a neutral density filter essentially acts as a shade that you put over the lens and it reduces the amount of light that's coming into the camera and they come in different densities this one is a three stop neutral density filter which means it will now be three stops darker than if I didn't have the filter of the lens I also have a six stop neutral density filter and I have a ten stop neutral density filter now why would you want to do this well what happens is when you reduce the amount of light coming into the lens it allows you to shoot with longer exposure times I think the classic example of this is the classic waterfall shot where it's using a long exposure to blur that water together and create kind of this fine mist look that's coming in. Another common practice that you see in landscape photography is when you have a subtle blur or motion to the clouds. Michael Kenna does this a lot, sometimes an extreme blur to the clouds. And you're using a layer of abstraction in there to kind of create a dreamlike quality to the image. And this is done with using longer exposure times. Another couple examples that I think are really interesting. Uh, one of the photographers that I featured on the Artist Series was Alexei Tedorenko. He shoots urban landscapes, but he uses this motion blur with these long exposure times to blur out people in the image and it has a really striking effect to it. Another common use that you can actually use on this is when you're trying to solve a problem. Let's say you have a road or a bridge and you see cars moving in. You don't actually want cars in your image when it's final. You can use a really long exposure time and anything that's moving that quickly in the image will not pick up in the final exposure. There's a really interesting image that uh, Tom Burrell took at Jones Beach and I actually got to ask him about this image once and it was a pinhole and he did use filters with it and because people were moving in the shot they didn't come out in the final. There is a pitfall to working with long exposure times and basically you got to remember that if the shutter's open for 8 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever that is, anything that can move in the image will blur in the end. And so if you have a breeze or wind that's going on while you're shooting, sometimes branches leaves, shrubs, things like that can end up getting an undesired blurred effect that you don't want in the final image. So a lot of times this is going to be a matter of being very patient and timing your shot, but the results can be worth it. The second type of filter that I want to talk about is what's known as a polarizer. Now to illustrate this, I want to look at an image. Now this image was made in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You see the Tetons in the background. This image was made pretty much straight up in the middle of the day. The sun is above the camera. It's basically 90 degrees perpendicular to the lens. And what we're seeing in here is something that isn't really desirable. Our sky is kind of bright. We don't have that deep saturated blue. There's a little bit of haze that you see in the atmosphere at the base of the mountains. And then another thing you probably wouldn't know unless you were able to see a reference image is the foliage in the foreground is not exactly the right color. So what we have to understand about this is the way that light works. When light hits a surface, it reflects off of it and becomes polarized. And so that is altering our perception of what we're seeing in parts of this image. 
image. So for instance, when the sun is straight up in the sky, like we see in this image, we don't have that deep blue saturation because the sunlight is actually hitting air molecules and they scatter the light. And so it's basically adding reflections there. Same effect is happening at the base of the mountains where you see that haze coming through. And actually the situation that's going on with the vegetation is that vegetation has a sheen to it and those reflections are actually altering the way that color is perceived. So what we want to do is use a polarizer to reduce a lot of those reflections. Now, this does become a very technical conversation and there are several different types of polarizers and I'm keeping this very base level just so we get the gist of it. This is a small circular polarizer filter and so what this does is when you put this over the lens, this one actually has lens threading so you would screw it onto the lens, this one actually turns and there's two elements to this but what it does is it allows you to correct that angle of reflection so it actually absorbs some of those reflections and then allows the light that you want to see to come through the lens. Now you could mathematically, I suppose, calculate the perpendicular angle of the sun to the camera and all that, but this one's a circular. And so basically when you go 360 degrees around, it gives you all the possibilities. So when you use a circular polarizer, you just basically use your eye and adjust to taste. So let's talk for a second about why you would want to go with a filter system as opposed to just getting filters that you can screw onto the end of a lens. Now there's nothing wrong with, with these smaller filters. In fact, if you're using good quality filters, there's really no difference between between the two for the most part. The biggest thing though is when you're using these smaller filters, they are basically threaded to go on the size of your lens. And so if you use different lenses when you're shooting, you're going to have different filter systems for each lens because they are sized. And that can get very expensive very quickly, especially when you've got polarizers and you've got various neutral density filters and you have to buy a set for each lens. That's why it makes sense to go with something like this. Now, I wanna break down and talk about the Wine Country system because it is extremely unique and I wanna talk about that workflow. The Wine Country camera system is based around a specially designed filter holder that attaches to the camera lens using these filter threaded adapters. The key to this is that you can use the same system with any lens you own, you're just going to need the threading adapter to attach to it. The holder itself is very uniquely designed with wooden handles and this is because if you have ever shot in freezing temperatures, you do not want to grab metal, so they are made of wood. And I mentioned that this system is uniquely designed around a workflow and that starts with the circular polarizer. The glass on the polarizer is 2.4 millimeters thick and this is compared to the standard which is about 0.5 millimeters. And the reason they use thicker glass is because thin glass cannot be polished down to the flatness that's required for higher megapixel cameras, so it's really all about resolution and you're not going to find a polarizer anywhere like this. The red latches keep the polarizer from falling out when you're handling the holder and because the polarizer is built into the holder there are no light leaks between the filter and the lens which is very important. The polarizer rotates in the same direction as the rotation knob and at roughly the same speed and it's really easy to use. Also made of wood it's to keep from freezing in cold temperatures once again and I also want to note that the design was inspired by the fuel cap on a 1960s racing Porsche so very stylish. My kit came with three Blackstone ND filters and these are described as being next generation filters that use vapor deposition coating and the idea here is that it creates a perfectly neutral filter with absolutely no loss of resolution. These filters use shot optical glass which is the highest grade that you can possibly find. The interesting thing about the Blackstone neutral density filters is that they are designed to reduce light past just the visual spectrum. So they will reduce light also in the ultraviolet into things as well as the infrared. Now the reason this is important is this. In the old days when film was the standard, film, and I'm talking about color film, would reproduce 
produce basically what we would see on the visual spectrum. So a lot of filters weren't designed to go beyond that because they didn't need to. These filters have been redesigned and rethought out because what'll happen on a digital sensor is it'll actually get light from digital and UV rays, but if they're not being filtered out, like if you've got a nine stop filter on there and you've got all your exposure backed off and you've got that much more light coming in, you're gonna start getting weirdness in the shadows like magentas and things like that. So a lot of thought has gone into redesigning really how neutral density filters work in the modern age. In my experience, unlike other filter systems that I have used, the Wine Country system is actually a complete joy to use. Making adjustments is extremely easy, and because there's a workflow that's integrated into the design, you spend more time photographing than you do fiddling, which I think is absolutely essential. The filter system itself is highly customizable because it uses these filter vaults, and they're pretty much compatible with any standard 4x4 or 4x6 filter. The vault simply locks into place, and this design keeps the filters completely at rest at all times, so there's no tension or bending. So if you're using resin filters, you don't have anything to worry about. Everything stays flat. The filter vaults make handling easy as well, as you don't have to worry about getting fingerprints on your filters. Neutral density filters go into the square vaults, which fit into a dedicated light tight slot at the back, and this makes it super easy to lift them to check your focus, or you can even remove them completely between exposures. Gradient filters are push button adjustable and also use drop prevention in the design to keep accidents from happening. So that is the Wine Country camera filter system. I have really fallen in love with this since I started using it. Um, I have used filter systems before. They are typically not fun to use. They are slow, they are kludgy, there's a lot of futzing around, especially like if you have ND filters on the front and all of a sudden you wanna check your focus because it may have gotten thrown off or something may have changed and you have to take everything off the camera and then you have to wedge them back. Anyway, this couldn't be easier. The whole thing, if I need to remove the whole thing from the camera, it's just a simple matter of just turning the knob and pulling it off, checking your focus and then putting the whole thing back on. It couldn't be easier to use. This thing has really been amazing. Now, full disclosure, the guy who owns this company, Rod Clark, is a friend of mine. And I told him I wanted to share this with you guys. And Rod's an amazing guy. He came down a couple weeks ago with David Brookover, and he's actually the guy who's responsible for bringing the phase one down to play with. And so uh, we were checking out his filters at that point. And I'm like, these are amazing. I mean, I, I wanted to use them and I wanted to share them with you guys. And so uh, Rod tests all these on, he owns a phase one or his company does. And the idea is that if you can get the filters and the resolution on something that is such a high resolution that it'll pretty much work on anything is the whole idea. And so uh, Rod's a great guy and I wanted to share this with you guys. And I actually asked him, I said, if people are interested, can you do an offer code? And he agreed to do it. So if you go over to the website, it's winecountry.camera. I will put a link in the show description. Check that out. If you use offer code AOP, you can save 15% on a filter system if you choose to do so. And I want to thank Rod for helping me out on that and just for being awesome and designing something so amazing to share with you guys. So that is the Wine Country camera system. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up this week. I'm a little late on photo assignments this week. You guys probably noticed um, they will be coming in the next couple days. Basically, there is the Thanksgiving holiday that happens in the U.S. So we're going to do something a little bit different that's going to be a lot of fun. So watch for the video on that this week. We have a lot of other stuff coming up as well. As usual, I will see you guys in the next video. Until then, later.